Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 217 of the Speaking Club podcast. To open the show, I want to share this gem from the late Kristin Linklater, an absolute legend of a voice coach and one of the contributors to this episode. To free the voice is to free the person. I started this podcast for two reasons because I want to help people recognize the power of stories and humor in speaking, and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organizations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hello! I hope you're well. I'm good. Thank you very much. I'm sure you were asking that in your head. Do you know what? I was looking back at the show because we hit this 10,000 downloads. In fact, it was nearly 11,000 in the end. Uh, for the month of March, which is brilliant. It puts us in the sort of top 1% of podcasts out there. And so uh, in celebration of that, I was just having a little meander through the archives. And uh, oh, and I wanted to say thank you for your part in that for sharing the podcast and, you know, just listening in. It means so much. But I was looking back at the incredible guests and topics that we've covered in the 216 episodes of this show. And there's so much knowledge, experience and value sitting there in the archives. And so I wanted to do something more with it for you. So borrowing a suggestion from my friend and fellow podcaster, Brandon Fong, I've decided to curate some topical episodes pulling together some of the best advice and highlights from my solo shows and from guest interviews. And the first of these is all connected to your voice. Now, your voice is probably one of the most neglected yet most important tools you have as a public speaker. Your ability to be heard clearly to last out your talk energetically and to connect powerfully with the emotions of your audience are all reliant on your voice. And that's why for the first of these shows, which I'm calling Insights episodes, I have gathered, in fact, some insights from the best voice artists and teachers that I've featured to help you ensure that you are looking after and fully utilising this incredible instrument. First up is Jay Miller. Now, Jay dreamed of and trained to be a classical singer. And though his original dream drifted away from him, his love and passion of voice stayed. He spent more than 20 years training speakers, actors and business people how to develop a great voice, as well as overcome anxiety around public speaking. He is one of Canada's finest voice and speech coaches appearing across the Canadian media and his work has had a profound effect not only on building compelling and engaging voices but also on the lives of the people that work with him because Jay is of the firm belief that you can't work on the voice without affecting the emotional and mental aspects of human beings 
at the same time. And I'm now going to hand over to the man himself so you can listen to some insights he has to share with you. I want to get the difference, the distinction between is is projection and speaking louder. They're not the same thing, are they? Or have I got it wrong? Yeah. Um, let me say this first, and I'm not sure I can answer this question in a way that's going to make sense, but I'll do my best. Okay. First of all, I don't use the word projection in my training. I don't talk about projecting the voice because I think the word projection is just loaded down with so much baggage for the average person. I think, you know, we think of, uh, we, th we think of working at it, throwing our voice to the back of the room, pushing our voice out or whatever the case may be. And, and working is always counterproductive to good voice. Because working implies uh, muscular activity. And what do muscles do? They contract. Well, contraction then implies that you have less space to work with, less space available for breath, and less space available to vibrate with sound. And so, so I never talk about projection. Uh, first of all, we just work with What's the amount of sound you can just produce with a sigh of relief? Hey, no more energy than that. In their first month of training, even, even beyond the first month, if, if they're working harder than a sigh of relief, I'm correcting them. Oh, wow. um, so, so projection, at least, is, is a sort of a dirty word for me, uh, although I realize that it's what most people can relate to. So... If by projection we mean the ability to fill a room, whether it's a small room or a medium-sized room or a large room, the ability to fill a room with our voice without losing our voice after 10 minutes, what I like to talk about is, is just finding more space. Like we're not trying to make the right thing to happen. If you need more from your voice, then you need to find more space to vibrate with sound. You need to open up more and allow that sound to travel, right? You can't push sound vibrations through the air. You can't push a wave along in the water. It's gonna travel at its own speed. And the same is true for your voice, right? We, all you can do is just open up and stay out of the way and let those vibrations travel. And so I talk at the advanced stages of training in fact, it's usually the very last lesson that I do with people. I talk about this concept of inhabiting the space, this sense of being consciously connected to the space in which you're speaking. And when you, when you, when you feel yourself physically connected to that space, then you can sort of imagine, <clears throat> if this doesn't sound too uh, wavy gravy, you can sort of imagine your being filling that space then you don't have to push your voice to the back of the room. You just have to allow your voice to vibrate in that space that you're already inhabiting. And so then the mechanical things like projection and the size of your gestures and all those things that we like to list that a good speaker needs to worry about, those things should all start to happen automatically and, and modulate themselves if you're connected to the space that you're in. So to circle back around to projection and being louder. Yes, of course, 
you know, if you're doing a, a, a battle scene in Shakespeare, right? Like you need to be loud, right? So, so you know, I try to avoid using the word loud in my training, but, you know, there are times when you need to be loud. But that, for most people, being loud means just pushing harder. Yeah. And that is really anathema to the well-being and the optimal functioning of your voice. If you're going to be loud, yes, a lot of energy has to be has to flow, but you need to, to know how to stay open and and let that energy move without unconsciously sort of tightening up around it because that's when the damage happens. Yeah, that's really that's a really nice way of putting it because you're right. It's that c- you do like your sort of projection is about constriction that sort of picture of you yeah. filling the space no that's that's good i like it right good and another thing and again this is sort of an advanced thing to work concept to work with but i like to use the image of a fire hose right. you know with a fire hose there's water moving at tremendous speed and tremendous amount of pressure coming out of that hose if you stay out of the way you can use that energy very constructively Right, but if you put your hand in front of the fire hose, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Right? And this, and if you think of the vocal tract being like that, if the vocal tract stays open and you stay out of the way, you can move a whole lot of energy through that passageway, and no one gets hurt. But the moment something obstructs or closes or blocks, then someone's going to get hurt. And wet. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. No, that's really helpful. Okay, so. Are there any, no, you've given us, I guess in that you've given us some, some helpful hints about picturing ourselves being open, but are there any other sort of uh, simple exercises that we can do to increase the power of our voice? Here's what I need to say first. Yeah, because it's a disclaimer, Jane. Whenever someone asks me, can, can you give me an exercise to increase the power of my voice? Or can you give me an exercise to make my voice deeper? You get these comments on YouTube a lot, right? Can you please give me an exercise to help me slow down my speech or whatever? It sort of betrays a vending machine approach to, to voice and speech training. You know, a vending machine, you put in your money, you hit the right buttons and the product comes out the bottom. Yeah. Voice training isn't like that. <laughs> Voice training is much more like raising a plant, right? right? You take a plant, you need, to, you need to provide the right conditions, water, light, some sort of nutrients or soil or whatever. And you have to keep those con- conditions optimal and just be patient and let the plant grow. And after a while, you've got this beautiful, luscious plant that people admire. Voice training is very much like that. You, you have to provide the right conditions. In this case, relaxation, breathing, and resonance are the, are the conditions. You have to try to optimize those conditions you know, over a period of time. And eventually, this voice starts to emerge that's beautiful and luscious and that people admire. So, so there is no one exercise, or not even th- three exercises, that can possibly cover all of the necessary conditions or can possibly address all the necessary conditions. Having said that, (laughs) okay, (laughs) just managing expectations here. Having said that, 
if I was coaching you, if you had a speech to give tomorrow and I was coaching you on that speech, you know, and I don't have three months to teach you how to breathe. I would probably focus on your back. I would try to help you relax your back, expand your back, breathe into your back, and get your whole back vibrating with sound. If we could accomplish that, and that's something that you can do in a fairly short period of time, then your voice is going to have more power, it's going to be deeper, and it's going to be more engaging. Now, of course, whether you're going to be able to do that under the pressure of a performance, well, that's a whole other story. But again, there are no shortcuts in voice work, but I do find that working with the back is a bit of a shortcut. So I can can give you a link that you can make available to uh, your listeners uh, that'll take you to a YouTube video I have that explains this concept of working with your back. I think the the uh, theme of the video is actually more around having vocal stamina and not losing your voice, but it does um, it does teach an exercise that you can use to explore. You know what the hell does this mean? Working with my back. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, I'll definitely put that link in in the show notes. Cool. I hope you enjoyed that. And the full episode with Jay is number forty seven, and there is a link for you to listen to that in the show notes. Right, the next person is me and an excerpt from the show I did on the voice and the four tools to help you avoid being a boring speaker. Here you go. Audiences will use how you sound to judge who you are, your attitude towards them and how you feel about what you're sharing. Just think about how your voice can convey what state you're in. Love, anger, excitement, frustration, lust, curiosity, jealousy, fear, confusion, confidence, authority, and so on. But what you may not have ever fully considered is that your emotional state, as expressed through your voice and its pitch, pace, tone, and volume, can affect the emotional state of who you're talking to, including your audience if you're a public speaker. That's how rows can escalate into fights or even wars, why movies can make you cry, and why women with sexy voices can make a living talking on the phone. If you can harness the power of your voice and use it to influence the emotional state of your audience, Stands to reason, you're not only unlikely to be dull, but you're likely to become a high-impact speaker. Okay, so let's make sure we're all on the same page of what these terms actually mean before we take a closer look at them. Pitch. Well, pitch is about how high or low your voice sounds. Pace is the speed at which you talk. Tone is the strength, quality and attitude of your voice and volume is obviously how loud or quiet your voice is. How do we get more pitch variation in our voice and keep it in the sweet spot for people to listen to? Well, there are some things to do and some things to avoid. First of all, 
you should avoid reading your speech. Because when you read your speech, not only is it likely that you're breaking eye contact and your connection with the audience, which is bad right out of the gate, but it also affects your pitch. Reading can interrupt your natural speech rhythms and lower your contrasted tone. Because, again, as I've said before, there is a difference between the written word and the spoken word. Unless, like comedians, speech writers and dramatists, you can learn to write like you speak, it's not going to sound the same. And that's also why it's critical that before you do a speech, you practice it out loud. Now, even though I've practiced writing for years for the ear, there are still things in my talks that jar when I first read them out loud. And that's when I know I need to rewrite that bit. Second, you might want to think about lowering your pitch when you speak on stage. And I know this might sound odd, but adrenaline and stress tighten your vocal cords and that makes your voice go higher. So no matter how experienced the speaker you are, it's likely you're going to have some nerves and adrenaline pumping before you go on to talk, which will make you squeakier than you normally are. And this might not be true for you, but it's worth recording a talk to see if it is happening. Thirdly, one of the best things you can do is have a pre-talk routine, which can involve a few vocal warm-ups alongside some relaxation techniques. For the relaxation, try some deep breathing or maybe five minutes or so of meditation. And there's some good apps you can get to help you with that. And there's paid ones and unpaid ones. For the vocal warm-ups, a couple I'd recommend are one that I call the consonant scale, where you're working your way through the consonants and some vowel sounds, which is also good for your diction. And, and I'm going to give you an example of that. Okay, I'm going to start with B. Ba 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 b ba 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 b b b ba 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 boo boo boo. And then there's the C. Ka 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 ki ka 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 ki 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 ka 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 koo koo koo, and so on. And I'll put that in the show notes, just in case you want to have a go. Um, there's another one called Sirens, which I think probably sound even more silly, where you start with the word sing and then take the G sound up and back down, going higher each time. So I think it's like this. Sing. Sing. That didn't sound much different, did it? Oh, enough of that. They work, but you do feel like a bit of a plonker doing them. I hope that didn't blow your speakers as well. Um, the last thing to say on this is that the more comfortable you get with your talk, the better your pitch variation will be because the more natural it's going to feel to you. So as I always say as well, rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. Okie dokie. And if you want to hear more from that show, the episode number is 53. Joining me next is a lady with a very nice voice, even if she says so herself. Helen Langford originally trained to be a stage actor, but then she switched to voiceover work when she discovered that not only did she like her voice, but other people really liked it too. In fact, so much that they paid her to talk into a microphone. 
working mostly for corporate clients, including companies like Nestle, Royal Mail, Boots, uh, and lots more. Every day, Helen tells stories, explains tricky concepts, promotes brilliant ideas, and gets to be somebody new. Enjoy. So I, I wanted you to come on the show because I believe as a speaker that it's really important to show rather than tell, also in acting, also in comedy. So performing with your voice is a brilliant way to bring stories and dialogue and, and the big moments that we've spoken about of a presentational talk to life. Yeah. And so I wanted to see if I could get you to give us some tips for using our voice to bring these moments alive. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think there's, you know, there's quite a few practical slash technical things that you can look at, which you probably don't, as a regular person, you probably don't think very much about your voice and what it does and how the impression it, it, it has on people. I would highly recommend that anybody that's doing speaking that they record, record a little extract play it to their friends and family, particularly if you have a suspicion that you have a bit of a boring voice and, you know, maybe your audience are slightly falling to sleep, um, get a little bit of feedback from, from people that you trust and say, how does this sound? And, and obviously, just by listening to it yourself, that will help you have that sort of objective take on, on what your voice is doing, mm -hmm. first of all. Um, and then things like varying your, your pitch, varying your tone so that you, you're thinking about dynamics and you're, you're avoiding, really avoiding the bland monotone read, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying you have to be like a Shakespearean actor, but, but just being aware that, that not, you know, that, that um, it's quite easy to slip into that da 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 kind of a delivery. <laughs> you know yeah yeah which will have people um falling asleep and one of the i mean one of the i think one of the easiest ways to to stay on top of that and to avoid getting into that bland kind of monotone read is to put a smile in your voice yes so it may not feel very genuine but just like that silly little young upbeat enthusiastic read I did just now if I do it now and I put that smile in my voice I don't know if you can hear but everything goes a little bit up a little bit forward so now I really sound like I'm here I sound a bit more present a bit more engaged I'm certainly happy <laughs> I want to be here um, and even if I don't my first is if I start to not smile and I bring that down now you can immediately hear that my voice has gone a lot deeper um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But from this place, it's much harder for me to have a dynamic range. Can you hear? It's all a little bit more, yes. more monotone. I start to smile again and it all begins to lift up and just feel a little bit more like I want to be here with you lovely people in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does really change the dynamics of, of the voice. From, from, you know, the, it's, the contrast is, is, is palpable. And... And so can you also tell me, you know, you mentioned pitch, you mentioned tone. Now I've talked about this before on the podcast, but can, mm. can you give me your sort of explanation of what the difference is? Because I think people might get confused sometimes between the two. 
Yeah, I mean, pitch is very much a note thing, you know, as in if I if I'm talking to you now and I make a conscious effort to change my to change my pitch so I'm thinking I don't want this to sound monotone so I am going to try and emphasize and therefore my pitch may be going up and down a little bit just to sound a little bit more conversational a little bit more chatty a little bit more human um rather than robotic uh, yeah. which we want to avoid um so that's so pitch is 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 perhaps a bit more of a musical thing, but tone um, can mean anything from pitch to like the the feel of it. You know what what your what what kind how you want people to feel when they hear it, really. So like an attitude. Uh, yeah, like an attitude. Um, you know, so an authoritative tone would might might be something I get asked for, for example. Mm -hmm. um or a a friendly tone again back to that smile um so that that is perhaps a little bit more about the character and the emotion where, whereas pitch is a little bit more of a technical thing that you can choose to play with so could you do and i put you on the spot again could you do the young upbeat voice angry <laughs> I'm just going to get myself, can I get myself something to read? Of course. Just let me get a little bit of script because it'll be much easier for me to do all of that with a script in my hand. All right, so I've got a really exciting script for you. Okay. It's, it's titled Technical Definitions. Woohoo! <laughs> okay? Yes. Are you ready to be enthralled? It's not oh, about the words. I'm hanging on the edge of my seat. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Right, okay. <clears throat> Right, where are we? What did you say? Young, upbeat, yeah, and like, uh, young, upbeat, angry. Attitude is is angry. Okay, I so we're going to be upbeat and angry at the same time. It's interesting. We can be smiley and angry, which is fairly sinister. Oh, which is yeah, yeah. So I'm going to do the smile okay. that I would do, and I'm going into that now. That kind of young, and it's coming really forward. The sound is coming quite forward. As the minute you smile, the, the sound starts to resonate really forward in your head which is a good thing um okay so this is called cool. this is security code this is a randomly generated password assigned to the unit from factory this will be needed during initial sign up and commissioning this can be found on a scratch off card provided with the rego one the total number of units to be configured to the sidewinder on a single site <laughs> it sounds kind of sort of sarky, doesn't it? Like slightly yeah. dark, like you said. <laughs> so, so that's good. So it's probably illustrated quite nicely, so that you get the the difference between pitch and tone. It is very much an attitude and a and a and a note, like you you just demonstrated. So thank you for that. Mm. That's brilliant. <laughs> cool. And and uh, is there is there anything that we can practice? To get our voice in shape because doing a 45 minute keynote or even a 20 minute talk is quite taxing on the voice and needing to keep the energy up needing to keep those those var that variation and that sort of performance in the voice it, it can mm. be quite tough on it so if you've got any tips on that that would be brilliant yeah i mean vocal warm-ups for, for speaking are you know kind of the same as vocal warm-ups for singing really I mean, there is so much really great stuff on YouTube these days. If you did want, if anybody wanted to look at, you know, basic vocal warm-ups, there are just some amazing free free teachers out there doing 
or free resources from, from great uh, singing teachers. And I don't think that just because you're going to be speaking, don't avoid the, the, the singing end of it because mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's all the same. Um, and I mean, I would really recommend just humming is a really great vocal warm up because it just warms everything up. It really, it's like, you know, running, it's like just when you switch the engine on and it's, it's turning over slowly and you're, you're revving, it's the same <laughs> with your oh, voice. Cool. So just little hums up and down a little scale. So you're just kind of, mm, this type of thing doesn't need to sound good, but just even on one note and then another note and another note, just changing the pitch up and down a little bit, not too low, not too high, somewhere in the middle of your range. Um, and then sirening. Do you know sirening, Sarah? I That's do. I always find this a challenge. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, it isn't, it isn't easy. And, and it, yeah, but it, but it is, it is quite effective and quite quick. Shall yeah. I do a demo off yes, mic? Cause please, I'll blow the, I'll blow the, so sirening is when you're, you're really trying to go through your entire range, but it's a hell of a lot easier than doing an open mouthed scale. If you try to do this on an R, an open R sound, it would be really tough, especially if, as we're only warming up at this stage. Uh -huh. So sirening, I'll give you an example. So I'd start really low, so I'd kind of be down here. And I'm looking around for the bomb at the moment. I know. <laughs> yeah, don't do it if you've got scary neighbours. <laughs> Cool, that's really good. And so is there any particular order we need to do them in or just, you know, just different types I mean, whenever? I mean, humming is just brilliant all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. also some, breath some breathing works that you begin to extend your, your breath capacity a little bit. Because if you are speaking and you've got to get to the end of that long paragraph and you don't want to be taking sort of cumbersome breaths, it is worth thinking about working a little bit on, on your on your breathing and voice. So good. So if we took only one thing away from what you've talked about today, or one thing that you would tell us to improve our voice performance, what would that be? Well, I'm kind of torn between the smile and the pause. Interesting. Well, we'll have both. We'll do both. Take smile both. Yeah. The smile, in, the smile in your voice and the pause in your, in your presentations. Right. my two top tips. They're brilliant. They're really, really helpful tips. Th thank you for sharing those. If you'd like to hear more from Helen, go to episode 76. And remember, link again is in the show notes for you. Right. Well, my last few insights come from the wonderful Kristen Linklater. We recorded the original show in 2020. And sadly, since then, Kristen has passed away, which is a tragedy. I feel so grateful that I got the chance to interview her for you because she spent years helping people to transform their voice into an instrument of passion, power and performance. And she also established her own voice methodology. During her lifetime, she worked with some of the most prestigious theatre companies and dramatic institutions in the world. And she wrote one of the seminal books on voice technique based on hearing the person not the voice i hope you enjoy this as much as i did interviewing her it's fascinating as, as i mentioned to you sort of before we started so i i act 
and obviously uh, speak as well. And this show is for speakers. And one of the things that I like to teach my speaking students is, I know you're, you're sort of, we're in control of the inflections and so on, but I like to teach them almost from a, a theatrical perspective in terms of those talks that they do to find those big moments where they need to really sort of, like if you had a script where you need to get those emotions, where you need to, to you know, perform, if you like. As an actor, I love using the voice. I'm much less comfortable with my body. And so your technique is quite interesting to me in terms of like my voice potentially could be so much better, I, I imagine, if that connection between the body and the voice was much stronger. Oh, wait a minute. Your voice is made in your body. <laughs> I guess it's quite cerebral with me, which is not a good I, thing. Oh, it's not a good thing. I'm sorry to be so blunt. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> it's fine. I'm aware. I'm working on it. I mean, I'm just, there are many ways I could talk about this. Uh, uh, but um, I'll just do it in very simply in terms of, very simply, it's nothing simple. It's a very complex <laughs> process. But there's this brain, you've got a skull brain. There's 86 billion neurons. You have a gut brain. Yes, I've heard about this. Yeah. Which has, has 100 million neurons. It's so a brain. Really? It's a sensory brain. And it's sending messages. It's sending neural messages through your spine to your skull brain and your skull brain sending messages through your spine to your gut brain. Your heart has 40,000 neurons. Now, these neurons are the ones that are picking up your need to speak. The impulse to speak then has to fire neurons that will send your diaphragm down to collect air and then send it up again and send a million little messages to your vocal folds, magical substances in your throat, and they then translate that into sounds which resonate, can resonate through your whole body. There is another part of your breathing mechanism. So there's a diaphragm which is connected with the solar plexus, which is the emotional receiving and transmitting center of your nervous system. And there's another deep nerve center in the base of your spine that branches out from the sacrum and that's the sacral plexus, and that is picking up impulses of instinct and intuition. And the, that's connected with an inner breathing muscle that goes from the diaphragm down to the pelvic floor through the lumbar spine. So your whole body, if, you're going, if you want to speak fully, truthfully, from your feelings and your uh, thoughts, both at once, which is what we need to make sense, then your whole body should be, needs to be alive to that thought impulse, that feeling impulse. And then it turns into, into sound, which actually it, uh, travels from your feet to your head. It's a, it's a fully integrated system, Good. body and breath and voice so i've got a lot more work to do by the sound of it i definitely oh, need play to make course. it make it play don't make it work <laughs>
we have to be acculturated. We have to be able to fit into the family, to the, to the uh, society that we live in. Uh, but it's usually at the expense of being able to express ourselves freely emotionally. And that means we, that the, the breathing muscles start to tighten when they should be loosely receiving impulses. And then the throat muscles, the jaw muscles, the tongue muscles all start to substitute for the breath. And that means when the throat tightens, the voice gets caught in the muscles of the throat. The jaw is held in order to keep motion back. How many of people listening are, are aware of jaw tension at times of stress? Jaw is a fantastic protector against feeling things. So you, if you want your voice to come through, your jaw has to loosen, your tongue has to get stretched and loosened because if your tongue pulls back, it's going to pull your voice down into your throat and you're going to have that kind of vocal kind of croaky thing that happens. And sometimes your voice is going to get very high and sometimes you're going to get very, very low. And that one way or another. One way or another, you have these constrictions confine the voice to two or three notes to express whatever it is one wants to say, rather than the full possibility of the full range of three octaves wow. of expression. Brilliantly explained. And so just tying that back to something you said earlier with the, the actors that Iris was working with around their their stamina with the voice and uh, this 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 constriction uh, uh, getting rid of that constriction is that what also makes the voice it, it less taxing on the voice as well oh yes the voice is run on the involuntary musculature the involuntary musculature of the body is very powerful uh, when we start to try to control the voice we're actually handing over to less effective muscles. Muscles that actually put strain on the voice by trying to control it, by trying to control breath, for instance. When you get rid of that and hand it over to the involuntary musculature, you still have to strengthen your involuntary musculature. So you have to do your exercise. If you're an actor, I hope you do half an hour to 45 minutes of, of warm-up. Uh, before your show, because the involuntary musculature does have to be stimulated and uh, limbered up in order to receive, particularly if you're doing a, a big piece of theatre like Shakespeare or you know something uh, something that demands emotional expression, which these days most theatre does because it's mm. holding the mirror up to nature. So yeah. nature is full of wild emotion at this time, and we need to be able to re-express that. We're going, we're going to be performers. I think it's true also for, and just to come into this, we're talking about actors a lot, but it's also true for public speakers, that public speakers need to trust their emotional connection with what it is they want to say. They need to trust that it is necessary for them to say it. It's that, and not hide behind a presentational tone that may convey some of the ideas, some of the information, but without impact. The impact comes 
from I care about this, I am passionately devoted to what it is that I have to talk about. That is a massive part of what I share with my students is it's about trust, it's about letting go, it's about letting go of the words and, you know, do your prep, but make sure that you tr let go and it's speaking with your heart rather that, you know, that whole thing is absolutely yes. what I believe in. That's absolutely. Yeah. I was working with a group on public speaking, um, um, institutional group, and after a bit I said, um, what does this uh, work that you do um, mean to you? And that one by one they said, oh, I care passionately about what it is I'm doing. I really, really think it's important what it is that we're doing. It's my lifelong wish to stay with this work. It's so important. I said, well, those voices are never going to convey your passion. You say, I feel passionately. You need to be able to let the, ex the experience of the word evoke the feeling in your body, and the word carries the experience of your feeling in it as you speak it. So if you're going to use the word passionately, you don't have to shout passionately. I really care. It needs to come from deep inside your body. Absolutely. You can feel that intensity coming, yeah. coming through. There you go. And I would recommend listening to the full episode with Kristen. It's long and so, so valuable. She has so much to offer. Uh, and as I said, it's such a shame she's no longer with us. Well, I hope that you got some valuable insights from the experts gathered in this show. And I hope it's tempted you to listen to the original episode, either for the first time or to listen again. As ever, it would also be really cool if you could go and check out the work of these great people um, and also find and connect with Jay and Helen to let them know if what they said helped or resonated with you. And obviously, I'd love to connect with you too. And I've got lots more resources to share with you to help you grow your audience and sell more when you speak. And you can find all of that over at saraharcher.co.uk. And as ever, if you are a regular listener and you get value from the show, would you help me out by taking a couple of minutes to leave an honest rating or review over at ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. Thank you so much for joining me again. And I'll be back next week to give you some more speaking and marketing aha tools, tips and inspiration. In the meantime, you don't want to hang around like a bit of flotsam on the tide waiting for life to happen to you. No, you want to go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. Getting to practice your speaking in front of an audience is a crucial part of testing your message and developing your skills and experience as a speaker. Yet opportunities to do this in the right environment can be hard to find. Add in the chance to get expert feedback and coaching on your content structure and delivery and the opportunities are even fewer. But that's what you'll get as a member of the Speaking Club Live. Each week, we'll be focusing on a different aspect of business speaking. 
from pitching to presenting to videos and lives. There'll be hot speak slots and you'll get the chance to practice sharing your message, your storytelling, your humour and all the different aspects of speaking in front of me and other members. Then you'll get feedback and coaching from me and your peers so that you're moving forward on your speaking journey with accountability and support. If you'd like to find out more about how you can become a member of the Speaking Club Live so that you can build your confidence, improve your delivery and become a better speaker, then go to saraharcher.co.uk slash club now.